is not changing. I've really loved not changing. Um, it's really good. I'm kind of a, a comfortable kind of guy. Um, when I when I change, or you know, often when I'm challenged to change, um, it's often as a result of some sort of um, the wheels have fallen off somewhere, and as a result of that, um, I'm forced to change. You know, so um, Shannon's slightly growlier at me than she normally is. Um, after three to five months, I suddenly realise that potentially it's not Shannon's problem. Um, potentially it's my problem, and as a result of that, I should probably change. We go through these seasons where we grow, yeah? And I don't know about you, was there anyone that sort of grew like a foot in six weeks before? Has anyone ever been through growing pains? Who's Asher? Who's still waiting? Charlie's still kind of waiting for her growth spirit. She's not quite there just yet. Uh, I do remember both Blade and Ruben when we first started hanging out with them. You'll know Blade who sort of sits up the back there sometimes. He literally grew a foot over an eight-week period. So in between when he was year nine and when he was year 10, when he was year nine, he was five foot three. Uh, the next time I saw him in year 10, he was six foot three. So that was um, actually a little bit scary. Um, but we go through these seasons, right? And we go through these seasons of growth. And sometimes we choose to grow. And sometimes whether we like it or not, we're forced to grow, amen? So I wanted to talk about that today. Anyway, in my head, I've had this, um, does anyone like Fleetwood Mac? Anyone like Fleetwood Mac? So in my head, um, I thought that this was the funniest joke, and then I realised that there'd only actually probably be three people that actually enjoyed this joke. Um, so this is, this is my Fleetwood Mac joke. Grow if you want to, all around the world. Grow if Okay, it wasn't funny. All right, I'm glad I didn't go with that. All right. That's, um, so anyway, it was, it was Rome if you want to all around the world. But grow if you want to. It's it, not Fleetwood Mac. It's Fleetwood Mac. Rome. Isn't that B-52s? That's not B-52s. Get out of town. Go back to your love shack. All right. Um, <laughs> that sounds really bad. Okay. So bad. Let's start again. Um, so the cool thing is, is that we can either choose to grow or actually go through periods where there's a gap between where we are and where we need to be. All right. Um, the All Blacks last night, um, uh, is there anyone that's um, still waiting to watch that particular game? No? Everyone's okay? I'm not going to spoil it. One of... Oh, did we win? What game? No, I don't know. I've, um, you know, it's already been blacked out. Um, so don't even worry about it. Don't even worry about that game. Um, we still got the Warriors. Oh, no, wait. Um, yes. They did. They did. The Warriors won. When the Warriors are winning and the All Blacks aren't, it's probably time to start growing, all right? Um, when he Jesus. Anyway, one of the things that, um, one of the things that Steve Hansen says is that you can either train hard and play easy, or you can train easy and play hard. And so I guess for us as a church, there's um, the stuff that we can do in the natural that will help us to grow. And there's actually stuff in the supernatural or in the spiritual that we can do to grow as well. And so that's what we wanted to talk about today. Okay. Now you'll know when it comes to a point of, um, to a point where you might need to grow. Um, because everything starts to get a little bit uncomfortable. I don't know about you, I think pretty much um, many of us have been through puberty um, if you haven't been through puberty, it's a wonderful time. You're really going to enjoy it. It's going to be great. Um, 
You're gonna get here where you've never had here before, like your ears and your nostrils. Oh no, that's a different growth stage. Sorry, that's where I'm at at the moment. Um, your voice changes, the way that you look at things change. A, a chemistry set goes off in your head and suddenly some of the things that you used to like, you don't like anymore. Some of the things that you've never liked before are suddenly very attractive, okay? <laughs> So anyway, but one of the things that happens when it's time to change, one of the things that happens when we start to go through a growth period is everything starts to get a little bit uncomfortable. I don't know about you, but for those of us that have been through puberty, there are some pretty uncomfortable parts about that, yeah? My clothes didn't fit anymore. I had to do things like start to wear deodorant, that kind of sucked. Showering every day. All of those things are pretty tough, but everything gets a little bit uncomfortable when it's time to change. It's actually a part of the growth process. Things will get better, and be patient. Who in the room is? Um, uh, who in the room uh, likes their wee space, like their comfort zone? Who's a comfort zone person? Who likes being comfortable? Me too. Me too. I'm kind of a couch guy. Given the choice, I'd play Xbox 12 hours a day because it would fulfil both my social needs and my entertainment needs. Um, I, I think it would be great. But I love the fact that actually we're not called to live in the comfort zone. So anyway, there's, um, here's a, like a sociological, it's a really, really common thing that you'll see um, in, uh, all around the world. Like it's kind of like a leadership thing. This is like the secular process to change. And this has got some really great practical stuff on it. It's stuff that's actually really useful. If we're going to grow... We actually literally have to get out of our comfort zone. And what happens is we go through this process, growing is a journey, all right? So we start off in our comfort zone. That's where we feel safe and in control. Here's my little box. I can pull up the drawbridge if I want to. I feel safe, I feel comfortable, I feel good, okay? So you feel safe and in control. Has anyone ever tried something new and immediately fear sort of sets out. So you take one step out, uh, yeah, no, I'm not going to do that. See, the first thing that happens when you exit your comfort zone is you actually end up in the fear zone. So this is just immediately out of our comfort zone. And for a lot of us, a lot of us are happy to sort of step out of where we're comfortable, but we immediately experience fear. And as, um, as we all know, when we immediately experience fear, for some of us, um, they uh, perceive it as excitement. So my daughter perceives fear as excitement, which basically means that she steps out of her comfort zone and goes, this is great! <laughs> my son, on the other hand, takes one little step out of, the, out of his comfort zone, he's like, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> I'm fine, I think it's gonna be okay. But actually, we go from our comfort zone to our fear zone. And when we go into a new place, we've got our self-confidence starts to come under, uh, come under attack. We start to find excuses, and we're affected by other people's opinions, right? And so what's the natural thing for us to do? We go slightly out of our comfort zone, and then we shrink back, yeah? Yeah. Okay? So this is the secular thing. Then, if you actually get past your initial fear, you actually end up in the learning zone. So that's when you're beginning to learn a new skill. That's where your tempeds are starting to be expanded. That's where um, you're starting to see stuff that you might have never seen before. Yes, you'll come up with, um, there'll be challenges, yes, there'll be problems, but you'll actually learn how to deal with them. It's like, man, we're, we're actually fully out of the boat now, so we might as well just keep going. You start to acquire new skills in the learning zone, <coughs> and you actually extend your comfort zone. What you'll find 
when you put yourself out into a space that's past the fear zone, is that your comfort zone will get larger. What you're comfortable with will get larger, right? Finally, <laughs> if you push your way all the way through the learning zone, eventually you're actually going to get to the growth zone. And the growth zone is basically moving away from your comfort zone into uncharted territory. So you can actually go from the point where you're learning new skills to actually the place where you're genuinely quite adventurous. Okay, so you find purpose. You live your dreams. You set new goals. So one of the positive effects of being adventurous is you become more adventurous. Have you noticed that? Um, has anyone gone up to the 45th parallel? Once you've actually made it up to the 45th parallel, for some of us it's more difficult than others. Alright, I need my asthma inhaler to get up to the 45th parallel. I need a litre of water to get up to the 45th parallel. But once I get up to the top of the 45th parallel, what's the first thing that we do? We look up at Mount Pisa, hey. We're like, do you know what? I reckon we can take that one. Or Roy's Peak. Or Mount Iron. Or whatever. Okay? When we actually get to the growth zone, what happens is our idea of what's possible begins to expand. Now this is what happens in the natural, right? We can all look at that and go, yeah, absolutely, I can see that. As we step out of our comfort zone, as we go into new areas, like our comfort zone gets wider. Cool. So that, that's, that's sort of like the secular thing. George Bernard Shaw, who's a famous um, author, he says that progress is impossible without change. And those who cannot change their minds cannot change anything. Right, George Bernard Shaw. Anyway, it's really interesting. Has ever, anyone ever noticed that some of the really great leadership things in the natural actually have like a spiritual basis to it? A lot of worldly wisdom is actually based on spiritual principles. Have you noticed that investing and investing wisely actually mirrors and mimics what the Bible tells us to do? So one of the things that's happening in our generation is that people are giving away a portion of their income more than they ever have before. People are becoming more generous. And there's actually a biblical basis to that. And we talked about that last week. Well, it's actually the same for here. It's actually the same for, the same for this particular... This is one of the models. There's plenty of models for learning and growth. But there's actually a biblical basis that God wants to take us on a journey. He doesn't want us to stay the same. Not because we're great where we are, but because actually a process of learning who God is and who Jesus is in our lives will actually lead us to a process of continual change. If we're the exact same person that we were five years ago, I would argue that that's potentially not the greatest thing in the world. I am so glad that I'm not still 16 years old. 16-year-old me was an idiot. Didn't understand girls. Still don't understand girls, actually. That's a terrible example. I'd say things that would hurt people and not really even understand. I'm really glad that I'm not 23-year-old me because I genuinely thought that I knew everything. Do you remember 21, 22-year-old you that actually you're either one of two camps, you either knew everything or you just were lost at sea and there was often no real one between and for some of us we'd switch between one or the other. I'm actually really glad that now I'm actually happy that God's taking me on this journey of growth. I'm really glad that God's going to, not only is he taking me on this journey of growth, it's actually going to be a process that's going to continue the rest of my life. And I think that's pretty awesome. So anyway, I wanted to talk about three keys for spiritual growth today, right? And I wanted to start with this whole idea 
If Jesus needed to grow, then so do we. Now, believe it or not, Jesus actually went through a pattern of growth when he was on this world. He didn't pop out as a baby and start preaching, right? Which would have, that would have freaked everyone out in the room. Hey, <laughs> hey, mom, hey, dad, hey, this is what I'd like to say. Mm-hmm. All right? <laughs> so there's this process that we go on. Philippians 3, verse 12 to 15, talks about growth in this way. And talks about going on a journey in this way. Not that I've already obtained this, this being perfection, this being I've arrived. Or I'm already perfect. But I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers and sisters, I do not, I do not consider that I've made, it my, I've, I've made it on my own. But one thing I do... Forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us who are mature think this way, and if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. It's actually a really great challenge. And the challenge is, regardless of where we're at right now, God's got more for us. There's a new season for us. Not necessarily new challenges, it's just a different season, which I think is pretty awesome. 2 Peter Peter 3.18 says, But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. That's 2 Peter 3 verse 18. But anyway, so the point is, is if Jesus needed to grow, so do we. And we see it in Luke 2, verse 52. So this is the process of Jesus being on the earth, right? Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favour with God and man. So there are actually four areas that Jesus grew in while he was on this earth. So this is four areas, right? So you've got... Wisdom. So he grew in wisdom. That didn't mean that he was naturally born with wisdom, but he actually grew in wisdom while he was on this earth. He grew in stature, both on a physical level, but also in the way that he was seen. All right? His posturing potentially changed. So the Jesus pre-30s is different to the Jesus post-30. Okay? Grew in favor with God. And then finally, grew in favor with man. Now, we all agree that Jesus is perfect, like he's perfect, right? If he's not perfect, he couldn't have done what he did. He was God's son, but he needed to grow. If Jesus needed to grow in these areas, then so do we. But how did Jesus grow in favor with God? So the word um, where it says favor, the word for favor here is actually uh, charis or charis. It's actually the word where we get charisma from, okay? It's most often translated in the Bible as grace, okay? Now, for us, for a lot of us, we actually talk about grace as unmerited favor. It's like something that God's given away freely. Um, But that actually doesn't stand up when we apply it throughout Scripture. That's not to say that God doesn't give us grace, but it doesn't always translate just exactly right. James 4, 6 says, but he gives more grace. 
Therefore it says, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Galatians 5, 4, you, you are severed from Christ. You would be justified by the law. You have fallen away from grace. So if grace is unmerited favor, these verses and a heap of other verses don't really make sense. Now, don't get me wrong. We do have the unmerited favor of God. So we get that and we receive that through Christ's sacrifice on the cross. But that's not exactly what grace is, or at least that's not all of what grace is. Our definition, and from an from a, um, English point of view, mercy is actually a better definition. Okay, it's a better word for that unmerited favor. Scripture never tells us to grow in mercy. So in which case, this is what grace is. Grace is a divine empowerment to be who God has called me to be and do what God has called me to do. I think one of our, um, I think one of our earliest messages we ever did at Church Untamed, and I remember the quote because it, it actually really affected me um, quite a bit. And the word was this: "I am not where God called me to. Uh, I am not where God has called me to be. I am on my journey home." And I love that thought. That actually in this process of grace, in this process of God's mercy on our lives, we're actually going through this process where what's happening is we're growing into the person that God always called us to be. Now, I don't know about you, but I, I, I definitely haven't arrived when it comes to that. I'm not a, I'm not a world-class preacher, and I, I love preaching. I'm not, a, I'm, not a, I'm not a world-class teacher, and I love teaching. I, I connect with people, but not as well as I would like to. So I'm definitely still on this journey towards this person that God's called me to be. And so for all of us, we're all like that. Hey, we're all on the journey. A shorter version of what we've got behind us is um, the power or ability of God working in us. God works in us and through us. Even if we shorten it to power, it makes more senses in the verses. Uh, more sense in the verses above. Jesus grew in godly power. God opposes the proud but gives power to the humble. So, if that's the case, if there's actually this ability for us to actually journey towards who God's called us to be, then there's actually keys for us to be able to grow spiritually, right? Um, I think one of the dangers is, is if we ever decide that we've arrived spiritually. Do you know what I mean? Hey, I made it to adulthood. Um, do we have any adults in the room that still haven't, still trying to suss out what adulthood's actually like? <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, like, I'm definitely not there. I think I might get it right by grandparent stage, maybe. Oh, wow, we've got people holding up other people's hands. That's, um, whew. Okay, that's embarrassing. No, that's not. That's so but the thing is, is growing in God's... Mercy, growing in God's divine power is all something that we can do, right? So what does that look like then? Three ways to grow spiritually. So the first thing that we can do is we can learn to do the hard things. Okay? We can learn to do the hard things. It's something that I think I mentioned a few weeks ago. I know how to be healthy. I know how to get a six-pack of abs. Like, I actually know the theory behind it. Like I, I, like, I know all of that stuff. Even having the knowledge of it, because I haven't applied it, I'm lacking in discipline. Does that make sense? 
like I, I'm intelligent enough to realise that calories in, calories out is actually a thing. I'm intelligent enough to realise that I need to exercise three times a day. I'm intelligent enough to realise that doing all of those things has health benefits, has all kinds of benefits for me, but I'm still here, right? So for me, it's a discipline issue. The area that I need to grow in is discipline. And for all of us, all of us have the hard things in our life. All of us have challenges that it's actually difficult. For some of us, it might be getting up at a reasonable time in the morning. For some of us, it might be not receiving uh, the Netflix um, shame screen. Yeah, Hello, judging. are you still watching? Would you like to continue watching? Stop judging, play the next episode. All right. <laughs> so that's the first thing that we can do, is one of the things that was about Jesus that enabled him to grow in stature, to grow in maturity, to grow in favor with both God and man. He was disciplined. He stayed up and prayed when other people went to sleep. He'd remove himself for a time so that he was spiritually and emotionally healthy when he was with people. He would pray about healing before healing was necessary. Does that make sense? Yeah. That's good. The second thing that we can do that's going to not force us but help us in this process of growing spiritually is we can believe for bigger things. We can believe for better things. See, for us, and, and living in New Zealand, um, it's only even, it's not even recently... It's pretty easy uh, living in a Western first world country to let our faith get weak because we don't have to believe in God. Uh, we don't have to believe God to provide a lot of things. So we need to put ourselves in a situation where we're growing in our trust and in our faith. If we are always in our comfort zone when it comes to our trust and our faith, if we're always in that space where we're not relying on God for something, then we're never going to need Him. Finally, and this is a really tough one, as I fully believe that we need to praise God in the painful things. Now, we've all gone through seasons of stretch. We've all gone through seasons of challenge. For some of us, there might be people in the room that are exactly there, like, right now. It's easy for us to praise God for what he's done. But the praise that brings growth is when we praise him in our tribulation, when we praise him in the challenge. And for me, I thought... It's kind of like growing in perspective. Mm. Growing in our godly perspective, being able to see the world and see the situations the way that God does. There's all kinds of verses about going through a tough time, which could be a growth time. See, if you're going through a time, not everything that's thrown up against you is necessarily something that God's put up against you. It might be the, the choices of man. It might be as a result of um, choices and all kinds of consequences from choices. Could be the result of living in a fallen world. But what I do know is that God will use those things for your maximum benefit. He'll turn what could be something that would take you out at the knees into something that you can grow from. Does that make sense? What was meant for evil will be used for good instead. Um, there's tons and tons of verses about this. First James 2 to 4, count it, all as, uh, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith pr produces steadfastness. That means being able to stand even in the hard times. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Hebrews 5, 8, 
Although he was a son, he learned obedience through what he suffered. And my favourite one um, is Romans 5, verse 1 to 5. And I was going to put it up, but I couldn't figure out how to put it up so that it wasn't tiny, tiny. And it says this. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, what that means is that it's not actually as a result of what we do that we gain God's favour. It's not actually as a result of what we do that we, our salvation is not reliant on the things that we do. Having said that, as a result of being justified by faith, we actually go through this process of improving ourselves and allowing God to work on us. So this is what it says. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have also obtained, so this is in addition to, access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing, and this is the thing, this is the process, knowing that suffering produces endurance. And endurance produces character. And character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame. Because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who's been given to us. What an amazing process that if we allow God to work on us, even in the hard times, there's going to be this growth that takes place that means that as a result of allowing us to, allowing him to work within us, even in the hard times, the output of that is hope and not despair. I think that's awesome. I think that's great. The message version um, actually has it in a, in a great way as well. This is, this is what the message version says for the same thing. I'm going to land here, all right? The chapter's developing patience. And this is what it says. It says, by entering through faith into what God has always wanted to do for us, set us right with him and make us fit for him. We have it all together with God because of our master, Jesus. And that's not all. We throw open our doors to God and discover at the same moment that he has already thrown open his doors to us. That's pretty awesome. We find ourselves standing where we always hoped we might stand, out in the wide open spaces of God's grace and glory, standing tall, and shouting our praise. What an amazing place to be. Not only are we opening our lives to God, but he's already opened his door to us, and we find ourselves in these wide open spaces. There's more to come. We continue to shout our praise even when we're hemmed in with troubles because we know how troubles can develop passionate patience. I love that idea of passionate patience. How cool is that idea? For me, when I'm patient, quite often if I'm being patient, it's almost like... <laughs> it's, like that, um, it's like the penguins in the storm. Oh, you know. But passionate patience. What does passionate patience look like? Passion that doesn't, uh, patience that doesn't run out. Patience that still means that we can operate in a way that we're affected. And how that patience in turns in turn, forges the tempered steel of virtue, keeping us alert for whatever God will do next. 
Too often, I think, when it comes to our problems and our challenges, we look to the problem and go, why the flip is this happening? When actually our perspective would lead us to a place where we'd go, God, what are you doing in this? An alert expectancy such as this, we're never left feeling shortchanged. Quite the contrary, we can't round up enough containers to hold everything God generously pours into our lives through the Holy Spirit. I found this quote, which is, um, often we sit there in our comfort zone and we start talking about our dreams with the phrase, one day, one day, one day I'm going to, one day I will. The question that I have is, is it going to be one day or day one? Why don't in this next season start declaring things rather than one day I'm going to? Why don't you start that statement with, in this next season, I believe God's going to. In this next season, God wants me to. In this next season, I am called to. See, because then we go from being passive believers, one day God will rescue me out of this situation, to in this next season, God is calling me to the wide open spaces of grace, where I can stand tall with my hands raised high and say, look at what God has done in my life. Billy, um, Billy Cox, who's actually, who was actually the basis for Jimi Hendrix, so he wasn't a Christian dude, at least not, not what I knew. I just love the quote. He says, life will only change when you become more committed to your dreams than you are to your comfort zone. I love that idea. Life will only change when you become more committed to your dreams than you are to your comfort zone. So here's my application questions. And again, this is an encouragement I believe for us, one of the things that's great about church is we can come together and we can encourage and challenge one another so that we live our lives differently on Monday to Saturday. Yeah, All right? That there's going to be times that we join together and just hang out and pray together for no other reason than we want to hang out and pray together. We're doing life together. So here's my questions for you. Am I on the journey to growth or do I feel like I've arrived? Am I on the journey to growth or do I feel like I've arrived? Where's God prompting me to grow? Quite often it's probably in that area of greatest resistance. <laughs> the thing that we're saying, no, 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 God, no, is probably the area that he's wanting us to work on. Often it's in the area of our discomfort. And we can either train easy, we can either do the work beforehand, or we have to do the work, do on the work training, which is quite often painful. Am I putting myself in spiritual environments where I can grow? Am I putting myself in places where I can grow? Am I surrounding myself with people that are going to challenge me spiritually? For the simple fact that you're here on a Sunday listening to like a, a dude preach is, is, is probably a good sign. And this is to an extent a personality thing and for some people it's just where they're at at the moment. But am I open or resistant to change? Because even having a think about that and beginning to question that is actually, um, is actually a really, really good process to go through. 
uh, one of the things, and like I said at the start, I'm, I'm quite resistant to change. And God's taking me on this journey where I need to be okay with trying things that are potentially going to fail. God's taking me on this journey where I'm, I'm going into this space where it's that open, wide open spaces of God, those places of grace and mercy, regardless of situation and circumstance around us, that we'd be able to lift our hands and go, God, you are good. God, you fill my cup. God, you provide everything for us. That attitude and that posture of thankfulness. 